Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bibles high. We're going to work. This is the last message. Now, let me say this. This is Fifth Sunday. So Fifth Sundays, uh, are, a lot of people wear harvest attire just like Fourth Sundays. But I just need you to know I'm liable to say anything. Now, it's going to be for God's glory, but, but just touch your name and say, just be ready. Say, Bishop, we could say anything today. It's going to be for God's glory. It's just, it's just, it's going to be extra real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, do what you do when you do how you do when you do it because you do it so well. We say have your way in this experience. Speak to us. Answer prayers. Give guidance. I pray that nobody leaves this place discouraged. Nobody leaves this place confused. Matter of fact, we take authority over this atmosphere now. In the name of Jesus and declare that this is an atmosphere where miracles happen, an atmosphere where signs happen, an atmosphere where wonders happen. We say, Lord, your will be done. Can I get you to say, Lord, your will, Lord, your will. Father, we lay ourselves at the altar today and we crucify our plans, we crucify our agenda, we crucify what we want and we say, Lord, nevertheless, your will be done, not ours today. Have your way in this experience and Father, in advance, we thank you that you're about to speak to us with clarity and speak to us with power in Jesus' name. Can I get everybody to let out a Shabbat? That's a shout right there. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Somebody say, Lord, I'm ready to receive. This is the last message, 915, of our five-week series called The Weapons of Our Warfare. And we announced in this season, uh, in this series, rather, that it's winning season. I don't care what season of life you were in before, you are in winning season now. Somebody say, that's where I'm at. 
What does winning season mean? Even a loss is a win because I didn't lose, I learned. The scripture says that he always causes us to triumph, which means even in something that looks like it was going down because Jesus is with me, it was really going up. Even though it looks like it was a valley, all it was was, was preparation for me to ascend. I need you to realize the last season of life was over for you. Matter of fact, I think it's so apropos that you know this even uh, from a spiritual standpoint that today is a Hebrew feast called Rosh Hashanah. What is that? It is the beginning of a brand new spiritual year. What does that mean? Watch this. I've been getting you ready for what was coming so that when it came, you wouldn't be shocked and surprised. Can I go further? Rosh Hashanah is a Hebrew feast. It's also called the Feast of Trumpets. It means the announcing of a new year. So watch this. From Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2, we are, were in um, the year 5779. 9 is the number of fruitfulness. It's the number of manifestation. It means you're going to see what you've sown for. You're going to possess what you've prayed for. But when we step into 5780, which begins today, watch this, we are now dealing with a changing of the season. Would you touch your neighbor and say, the season has changed? Wrong neighbor, they didn't celebrate. Try somebody else, say the season has changed. Watch this, zero, watch this. It means all things are new. I need you to get ready for some new friends, for some new opportunities, for some new doors to open. I need you to get ready for stuff to be new in your life. Matter of fact, I need you to divorce yourself from the boundaries you had yourself in and realize God says, I'm about to do something new in your life, new in your bloodline, new with your kids, new in your body. I need you to just put that word in the atmosphere, say new. You're in winning season. The last season, watch this, was to prepare you for this season. You spent the last season training, now it's time to reign. You spent the last season crying, now it's time for some joy. You spent the last season with people around you that didn't bring nothing to the table. God says, I'm about to flip that thing over and set some folk at the table that bring value. Set folk at the table that are assets. I need you to lay your hands on yourself, say, this is winning season, baby. Matter of fact, don't even be mad at who did you wrong in your last season. Had they not done you wrong, you wouldn't be set up for your winning season. Had they not betrayed you, had they not left you, hanged you dry, you would not be prepared for what God's about to do. But to win the warfare, we need weapons. And our weapons, we've learned, are spiritual. Say spiritual. Second Corinthians 10, 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So here's what we've learned. We've learned that we fight spiritually first so we know what to do naturally. If you grew up in church, you maybe learned to only be spiritual but never take your spirituality into anything practical. And that's dangerous because you'll sit around praying when you need to be slain. You'll sit around, watch this, doing spiritual things when after I've done spiritual things, it's time for me to get up and do natural things. I'm here to tell you, watch this, all of your prayers have not been in vain. You're about to see it manifest. I need you to know your worship is not being in vain. You're getting ready to see it work against your enemies. Woe unto everybody that put their mouth on you and your losing season and your last season. Because baby, you about to... So watch, 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 watch. We fight spiritually first so we know what to do naturally. So we get spiritual so we know what to do naturally. If you were here on Wednesday, you saw this illustrated uh, with David. And when David got spiritual, David knew what to do natural. God gives David some crazy natural instructions after David gets spiritual. You got to go back and get that message, the weapon of the tongue and of the ear. Here's how it works. God says, when you get spiritual first, say, when I get spiritual first. God will then make it clear what you need to do naturally. Because what seems natural to do to you might, uh, might, might offend God. What do you mean? You might think the right thing to do is to fire back the way they fired at you. But God may say, listen, don't say nothing. Because in your silence, I'm going to show them something. 
Y'all ain't talking to me. You might think, watch this, if you're facing Goliath, the right thing to do is to go get a sword that's big enough to take his head down. Instead, God says, instead, I'll mess with his head so that all you got to do is throw a rock and you'll knock him on his face. I need you to realize when you get spiritual, God's going to make it clear what to do naturally. So the first weapon I introduced us to was repentance, then focus, then serving, then a healthy heart, then Wednesday, the tongue and the ear. Here's the final message today. It is submission. <gasps> I know it can be a scary word for American Christians. <laughs> Got it? Because American Christians sometimes like to pick and choose the parts of the Bible that they want to follow. And so they want the blessing part, not the submission part. They want the prosperity part, but not the process part. But would you just lay your hands on yourself and say submission? Submission is yielding to the will or the authority of another person. And in the Bible, it's also called being subject to. Let me give you some things. First, we should submit to God. We should submit to God. But let me tell you how you do that. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 9. It says, besides this, we had earthly fathers who disciplined us. That means, watch this. If you grew up in the South, we didn't call it discipline. We called it a whooping. And you got whooped with whatever the nearest object was. If that was a belt, it was a belt. If it was an ironing cord, it was an ironing cord. If it was an extension cord, it was an extension cord. If they had time to prepare for your whooping, you had to go and cut your own switch from the tree. What's a switch? It's a, it ain't quite a branch. It ain't quite a twig. It's in between. And watch this. If they wanted to make sure that you learned your lesson real good, that thing, watch this, was slightly ripe. In other words, it still had a little green up under the top layer of... The I had to cut one once and I said, I will never again go through this. I said, I'm just going to do right. Would you touch your neighbor and say, do right so you ain't got to get whooped? Some of y'all wonder why you keep going through storm after storm and issue after issue. It's because you won't do right. Watch. Hebrews 12, 9. Besides this, we had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Not only... Watch this. Not only were you disciplined, but you were respected. We live in a time now where when people discipline, people feel entitled to disrespect. Because somebody checked you, you think you're entitled, watch this, to clap back. And I wish you'd understand God ain't into this American Christianity where we think we get to tell him what to do. I need you to throw your hands up and say, Lord, let me respect. In other words, thank God for the people who will discipline you so that you don't have to get disciplined behind the barrel of a gun. Thank God that will discipline you so you ain't, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. In other words, watch this. Not only did they discipline us, but we respected them. We live in a time now where you got employees who say, my boss ain't gonna tell me nothing. Stop, that ain't God, you're out of order. Well, people will come to church and say, but the pastor ain't going to say nothing to me. You're out of order. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. In your own household, some of your kids, you better hear me, are your, are your, watch this. Some of your kids are your reward for how you treat leadership. You wonder why your kids don't follow you and don't do what you say and snap back at you and call you, uh, call you by your first name and your, and your mama by her. It says, they disciplined us and we respected them. Fifth Sunday. Shall we much not more be subject to the father of spirits and live? Stop. Submission doesn't smother you. It covers you. I rebuke your issues with authority. I, oh, y'all, okay, let's go. I rebuke you feeling like, watch this, because you had one bad leader years ago or one bad experience with somebody over you years ago, like you're entitled to not follow the word today. I rebuke, oh, it's apparently, it's thick up in here. 
first mistake was thinking I was like most passes. It's thick up in here. I need you to throw one hand up and say, I rebuke my authority issues. Stop being mad at all men because of one. Stop being mad at all women because of one. Stop being mad at all leaders because of one. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Ooh. Submission doesn't smother you. It covers you. It's, in fact, a protectant. Look at the Bible. It says, so we'll be subject, submissive to the Father of spirits, and what? Live, which means absent submission, you are actually dead. Anything uncovered spoils. I just said something right there. Anything uncovered spoils. So to everybody who's out there trying to assert your authority, but you won't submit to authority, you are, in fact, spoiled. You are, in fact, spoiling. And whatever plans you got can never come to fruition. Because God says, if you won't let me cover it, then I'll watch it die. But I think there's somebody up this 915 that can lay down your ego, lay down your pride, and say, Lord, I submit. I need to stir this atmosphere. I need us to take five seconds and give God glory that a submissive heart's being developed in you. Go! Go! Four, come on! Three, come on! Two, come on! Say yes, Lord. Here's how we submit to God. We submit to God by submitting to his word. Let me bust up everybody in here who has these imaginary conversations with God that you never really had to justify why you don't do what you should. The Lord's never going to tell you something contrary to his word. And you got a whole lot of folk who go around talking about the Lord told me this. And God would never say that because that contradicts what he said. Let's go Bible. John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Say, that's Jesus. And we have seen his glory. Look at me. We submit to God by submitting to his word. See, the scripture says submit to the Lord, right? But to submit to the Lord, I got to submit to his word because he is his word. So when I submit to his word, I'm in fact submitting to him. So I can't say I love God, but don't believe the Bible. I can't, I can't say I submit to God and know the Bible says to do this. I'm like, well, I ain't doing that because I feel. Stop. Your feelings ain't going to get your future. Mm. Your feelings ain't going to get you to flourish. Y'all ain't talking to me. Your feelings, in fact, are going to get you in a ditch, messed up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up somewhere. I wish you were sitting next to somebody that said, I graduated from living by my feelings, and I've learned how to live in submission, which means I'm covered. Here's the next one. Here's where it gets interesting. We should submit to leadership. <gasps> Let's go Bible. 1 Peter 2.13. So everybody says, I'm good with God. I just can't stand people. Let me help you out. Let's help you. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You may be like, I just didn't receive this word today. You don't have to. It's going to be true whether you receive it or not. Only in America do you think that your alternative facts matter to God. They all ain't saying nothing. Only in America do you think that your truth trumps the truth because you think your name means something. God says, I'm not a respecter of persons. God says, what I said is what I said. Come in, Nene. I said what I said. Fifth Sunday, 1 Peter 2, 13. Be subject, submissive for the Lord's sake. God says, it's disingenuous for you to tell them you love me and you don't mind them. Mind means following Southern vernacular. Be submissive for the Lord's sake. Watch it. To every human institution. 
Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. God's like, and you're right, I haven't spoke to you in years. I can't speak to something I can't cover. I can't communicate with somebody I can't check. <laughs> hey, streaming 915. Whether it be the emperor as supreme. Now, you got to understand, these emperors were pagan. And these emperors, in fact, listen to me, at this time, they were killing Christians. That's deep. What does the Bible say? Be subject. Look at verse 14. Or to governors sent by him. Stop. Some of y'all, you don't have a problem listening to the main leader. You have a problem listening to the leaders he sends. So in church, you're good if bishops say it, but if a designee says it, mm-mm. And your job, you're good if, if the chief executive says it, but if the middle manager says it, mm-mm. Or by governor sent what? By him. To punish those who do evil. What's evil? To act contrary to. So that means, that means if, if the instruction was do this and you do that, the job of the leader is to come correct. In fact, only an irresponsible leader cares about friendship more than leadership. Some of you have disqualified yourself to lead people because you want to be friends with them. Sometimes you got to pick which is more important, friendship or leadership. One has a reward. The other does not. Watch. It's quiet. Come on, middle section. (laughs) Verse 15. Oh, no, let me finish. 14. Um, And to praise those who do good. Why they always celebrating her? Because she do what she's supposed to. Why they always putting her up? Because she does what she's supposed to. Why they always celebrating him? Because he gets it done without a bunch of extra. Do you see the Bible? It says to praise folk who do what? Good. So for everybody who wants to be clapped for, watch this. Stay in check. Listen, 13 years ago, I didn't want to start a church, and I certainly wouldn't want to start it in Denver. This is, me, this, is, this is the facts. 46 out of 50 for church attendance in the nation, but God's doing something amazing. And, and 4% African-American in the state. What does that mean? That there's not a whole lot of cultural diversity. We like to say it's diverse. I heard somebody say something that we like to say it's diverse, but the reality is, is that Colorado is not very diverse. Those are the facts. You can't argue with it because you don't like it. The only place that exists is in D.C., and that, that doesn't work in the real world. And I, you know what I did? I said, Lord, listen, okay, I'm going to shut up and do what you told me. No, I'm going to be honest. At first, I was, I was resistant. And what you need to know is delayed obedience is complete disobedience. And whenever you delay to do what he said to do, he's going to be like, all right, how much more you need? What else I got to do? You're going to learn today. So watch this. So then I was like, okay, God, well, this is what you want, so I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it with everything I got. Song says, all that I got. There's this song um, by uh, this old school group. Um, I think it's After Seven. And the song is called Ready or Not. And then it says, I'll give you the sun. That is, the moon, the rain, something. I listened to it last night, and I know the song. Here's, here's the point I want to get to. The song goes on to say, all that I got. See, submission says, I'm going to do it with all that I got. Is there anybody in here where you have graduated to a place to where you stop fighting for your rights 
and you just want to be right with God. Somebody say, with all that I've got. So look, 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 look. It says, verse 15, for this is the will of God. What's God's will for me? Do what you told. I just, I'm just trying to figure out what God's will is. Follow. It's right there. It can't get no plainer. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you're going to shut up foolish folk. Let it be known that God's people are people who get stuff done, not people who get in the way. Let it be known that God's people are people that get accomplishments, that get results, that have something to show for our belief, not just talk about our belief. But he goes further. Verse 16. Live as people who are free. But don't use your freedom as a cover-up for acting evil. I got freedom in Jesus, but why your attitudes suck? I got freedom in Jesus. Well, why can't you speak to folk? It's quiet in this church. I got freedom in Jesus, but why aren't you dependable? Y'all don't like this. I told you it's fifth Sunday. But living as servants of God. Watch this. Watch verse, uh, verse 17. Honor everyone. You just look at your neighbor on your left and right and say, I honor you. Listen. Listen to me. Listen to me, 915. Listen to me, streaming. Listen to me, everybody. We are not a people who tear one another down. We're not having that up in him. We are people who build one another up. Everybody has a king and a fool in them, and the one you speak to is the one that answers. And around here, we speak to the king and one another. This is why you got to get rid of, watch this, this slave mentality that says the only way for you to get up is to pull somebody else down. This is why we got to get rid of this crab in the buckets mentality that says I got to knock other people around and I got to knock other people down so that I have some significance. If your only significance is talking about other people, you ain't significant. Say, I'm built to build. Come on, lift both of your hands and say, I'm built to build. What does that mean? You're your best when you're speaking life into people. Come on here. You're your best when you're lifting other people up. You're your best when you're rooting other people on. Would you touch somebody on your own? Say, I'm in your corner. Say, I'm rooting for you to do well. I don't want to see you fail. I want to see you do well. Can we take 10 seconds and give God glory? Watch this. Not for how well we're going to do, but for how well somebody on our road will. Go! Come on, 915. Release a praise for how well somebody on your road's going to do. Yeah! Yeah! Watch me. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Which means... Honor everybody means everybody. That means even dishonorable people. Some of you, some of you, the real test of honor is if you can honor somebody that's dishonorable. But then watch what he says. Love the brotherhood. He didn't say love everybody. He said honor everybody. He said love who you sit next to. Brotherhood, what does that mean? Other believers. Listen, and loving one another means we don't tear one another down. Loving one another means, watch this, I rebuke every gossip under the sound of my voice. You're out of order and you're wrong. Ooh, y'all didn't say nothing right now. If the topic of your conversation in your automobile when you leave this building is about somebody else. 
Watch me. Fear God. That means reverence God. Honor God. And then honor the emperor. We don't have one of those in America. In America, the rule says you're supposed to be subject. You don't get to do whatever you want to do because you want to do it. And because the people who are supposed to check you two punks are too punkish to do it. Just to be clear. Doesn't say honor the president, honor the Senate majority leader, honor the House majority leader, the emperor. We don't have one of those in America. So this verse doesn't, that part of the verse doesn't apply. Touch your neighbor and say, that's Bible. Amen. This message, say amen to that. It's called the weapon of submission. Because we're talking about putting on the armor of God. Which illustrates submission because it covers you and gives you authority. You can't be covered if you won't submit. But then that explains why when you fight, you lose. Because you have no weapons to fight with. See, see, the weapon of submission. Come on, you're going to be my, my, um, my person, my soldier. Now, I hope your head can fit this. We're going to see. We're going to make it. <laughs> so I said, we're going to make it fit. Give me a hammer. Just beat it. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. If he's in 1611. So we've learned, say, submission. You know that you have problems with submission if right now you are a little bit on edge about what I've said so far. And I just encourage you to get free. God ain't going to change his word. You better be thankful he cared enough about you to warn you. I said, you better be thankful he cared enough about you to warn you versus just let you get out there and lose in the last quarter. But I don't know about you, but the last quarter this year, I'm going to have win after win after win after win after win. Somebody holler, it's winning season. So Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God. You can't put it on if you won't submit. See, the very nature of the weapon, oh, oh, let me just, the very nature of it, look real strong. God, dog. All right. See how he had to get under? If you have submission problems, you will think that's too much. Which is why you're uncovered. So where do you get hit when you don't when you're not covered in your heart? Your vital organs keep taking blows. You're depressed about stuff that happened 15 years ago. You keep taking blows because you won't submit. Mm -hmm. Say the whole armor of God. Here's what that means. All of it all the time so you can win. Got it? That you may be able to stand. In other words, here's what he says. You're going to deal with some warfare, but after the warfare, you're going to still be standing. For those of us who the first three quarters of this year gave us a little warfare, here's what you need to celebrate. Still here! <laughs> if you're grateful that you're still here, can you put a five-second praise in this atmosphere that I'm still standing in out of everything that I've been through, I'm still here. I'm still here. I, 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 I'm still here. Slap your neighbor high five and say, I'm still here.
sometimes you just need to look at your life and just try to knock me down, but I'm still try to scandalize my name, but I'm still up against the schemes. The devil is a schemer. He's a shyster. Here's what that word scheme means in Greek, the language of the New Testament. It means to lie in wait. In other words, he sits and waits till you're vulnerable. Then he pounces. But here's another way we could look at the term lie in wait. He'll lie, then wait. To see if you gonna be foolish enough to believe a lie. And I need somebody in here to reject the lie. You're not crazy. You're not going down. You're not losing your mind. You're not losing your family. You're not losing your business. You're not losing your children. Your greatest days are still ahead of you. Somebody say, my greatest days are still ahead. Say, my greatest days are still ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Watch me. Watch me. Verse 12. For we don't wrestle against people. And this is hard. Because the warfare comes through people. But I got to be spiritual enough to say, move, trick, get out the way. Who's behind you? Touch your neighbor and say, there's a spirit behind how they act. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. It's a spirit behind behind how they act. It's a spirit behind that talking crazy. It's he says, stop fighting with people. And that's tough. He says, stop fighting with people. It's the spirit behind them. Then watch what he says. He gives you three specific things. He says, the rulers. Here's what that means. Those, watch this, who, who like independence from God against authorities. This is the influence of freedom. What does that mean, Bishop? The greatest test of what's really in you is when you're free. When you can do whatever you want to do, what do you do? Because your warfare might be with you. Watch me, you ain't even fighting you. You fighting the spirit behind you. Watch it, watch it, watch Against the rulers, independence from God. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And people around you that are like that. When you're dependent upon God, you got people around you who like to be independent from God. There's a clash in the spirit. Because the Holy Ghost can't even come into that conversation. Then the influence of freedom. When you're free to do what you want to do, what do you do? When you're in another city and nobody knows who you are, who are you? Ooh. Let me come for your vacation plans right fast. Let me. And here, and here it is, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. What does that mean? Cosmic, in the atmosphere. Say atmosphere. atmosphere. Over this present darkness. Darkness, absence, 
of the knowledge of God. Every time, period of time, has powers in the atmosphere. Angels and demons isn't an accurate terminology. So I don't want to teach you something that you may know, but it's wrong. The term demon only appears in the New Testament as a way to explain forces that were contrary to the people that they really adapted from Greek mythology. You don't see it in the Old Testament. Uh, you only see it in the New Testament because they were trying to make it clear for the Greeks. But consequently, this made people think that God actually had an enemy. Because it made people think God had an equal. And he does not. All right? So it means there's forces in the atmosphere. Which one of these cosmic forces in the atmosphere now? Dishonesty. Blatant lying and telling you that what's in front of your face is not what's in front of your face. So what has that done? It's a spirit that's in the atmosphere now where people will lie about stuff. Then look back on it and say, I don't even know why I lied about that. I wish you quit looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. What's one of the cosmic powers of this present darkness? Uh, it, it deals with things, watch this, in the present time. Now, now watch me. Against the spiritual forces of evil. Now, here's what that means. Plots of iniquity. Stop. Plot, scheme, plan. What's iniquity? Iniquity is generational sin that's passed down. Stick with me for just a moment. Let's, I'm giving you this verse. Can you, can you let me break it down for you? He says, our wrestling is with the spiritual forces of evil. Plots of iniquity. What's that mean? What the enemy will do is say, listen, every man in your bloodline has struggled with this. Every woman in your bloodline has struggled with this. Three types of sin in the Bible. Sin means to miss the mark. Two, transgression, willfully deviate. What is willful deviation? Don't touch my towel. This towel? I willfully deviated. Here's what's iniquity. Here's what's iniquity. Watch this. Don't touch the towel. Mama touched it. Daddy touched it. So what's the big deal with me touching it? Say it's passed down. So watch what the wrestling match is. It's with plots of iniquity. The enemy says, I'll use stuff against you that's worked on your bloodline before. He says, I will use stuff against you that worked with your mama. I'll use stuff against you that work with your daddy. Because my hope is, is that, watch this, the enemy's hope when I say my, is that, watch this, since you work with them, it'll work with you. Because the old saying says the apple didn't fall until you were born. And when you were born, the curse breaker was born. When you were born, the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline was born. When you were born, the line crosser was bound. The boundary breaker was born. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm sent to change it. That ain't how you say it when you mean it. Say, I'm sent to change it. Watch. Let me get to this. In the heavenly places. What is that? The unseen world. While you sitting in here, meetings are happening about you. Bishop, give me some scripture for that. Oh, I give you several. I give you Zechariah. I could give you Job. And Job, there's a meeting that happens about Job, and Job doesn't know anything about the meeting. God and 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 Satan, the Satan, are talking. And God says to Job, "Where you been? You know, I've been walking to and from the earth, which means the, the enemy is an omnipresent. He ain't even got a bus pass. He had to walk." Couldn't even catch the, uh-huh. Uh Trolley, as they called it in Memphis. <laughs> watch. Watch. Say a meeting was happening. What meetings are happening about you that are about to change your future? 
This is why it matters what we do, how we act, how we live. Because what if God was having a meeting with Gabriel now saying, listen, by Monday morning when it gets here, I need you to make sure that deposit's in the account. This week, I need you to make sure that some things turn around in their body. Would you say a meeting's happening about me right now? This is good to me. In the unseen world, there's some meetings. So plots mean meetings. Watch. 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. He says it a second time. It's called the law of witness. Whenever you see something twice in scripture, it means pay attention to it. That you may be able to withstand the evil day. What does that mean? He says you need the armor on all the time because you don't know the day of the test. What's the evil day? A day against you. So check this out. He says stay ready so you won't have to. I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. For the first time I found out when I started saying that. Now listen, I just started saying it. And y'all started responding real loud. For the first time I found out where that came from yesterday. It's a comedian. And she, she, she was talking about they ready. And I was like, oh, that's why they was getting loud about that. I didn't know. I just saw it on Friday. <laughs> I'm ready. No, y'all ain't. I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. God says, keep the armor on. Watch this. It's going to be heavy to carry sometimes. But keep it on. Because the moment you start getting sloppy, that's when he's going to attack. The moment you start thinking, watch this, I can stop studying. I can stop coming to church. I can stop serving. I can. The moment you get sloppy, that's when he's coming for you. Bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do? And having done all. That means what? Everything I've been taught. Sometimes, can I be honest with you as a pastor? I love you. I love you. I love you. Sometimes you be getting real discouraged and you ain't done a quarter of what you've been taught. I'm just so discouraged. Did you pray? Well, no. <laughs> Did you get on prayer? Well, no. <laughs> Did you come to church throughout the week? Well, no. <laughs> Did you halfway come on Sundays? Well, no. I don't understand what you want me to do for you. <laughs> you know, I just need a financial breakthrough. Do you tithe? Well, no. It'd be illegal for God to give you a breakthrough when you have a balance. Fifth Sunday. Let's go. And having done all you've been taught to stand, say, firm. Get a good stance on you. That ain't gonna be good enough. That'll work. Good stance. Say firm. Which means, watch this. Firm means you're gonna push me. But watch this. But I'm gonna bounce right. Yesterday I took an L, but I bounced. Fourteen. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Somebody say the belt of truth. You got a belt on? Belt of truth. Belt of truth. Now notice, this belt, because he'd been on my Fit Harvest plan, this belt is designed, watch this, to keep your trousers up. Stick with me. (laughs) 
Trousers is, a, is an old word for pants. In Spanish, I think it's pantalones. Uh-huh, pantalones. Now, watch me. Without the belt, say of truth. What does truth mean? It means what God says. It's this Greek word pistis, which is the word, one of the words for faith. It means God's truth trumps my facts. God's truth is more important than my facts. Got it? If you don't have a belt on, two things will happen. One, your pants will sag. Get them pants off the ground. If your pants are sagging, if your pants are sagging, here's what that means. You can't spend your energy going forward fast because you got to keep your hands on your pants. No, just follow me. This, this is really simple. Y'all like, where is we going to Hebrew? We're not. Not for this. If you don't have your belt, you ever seen somebody who didn't have belt on needed one? And they walking towards you. You spend all of your energy trying not to be exposed. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You spend all of your energy trying to make sure that you're not improperly exposed rather than moving forward. Would you touch your neighbor and say, put your belt on, please. I don't care what they say. You need one. Here's the next thing. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You always got it on. Let me help you out here. We ain't gonna tie it up because they get the point. Say breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. When I lost all that weight, this is how I look. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. What does the breastplate of righteousness do? It covers all of your vital organs, it covers your digestive tract. Stick with me. The breastplate of righteousness means, Romans 4 says, he's given us righteousness as a free gift. Which means I got to remind myself, now watch this, that I'm his and he's mine. And even when I've made the most horrible mistake possible, all I got to do is be faithful, uh, watch this, confess my sin. Stop. The issue many people have is you can't wear righteousness because you won't even admit you sinned. Oh, y'all ain't going to play with me. I, didn't, I ain't playing with you people. Look, look at your neighbor and say, tell the truth. Yes, See, to be righteous and in right standing with God, I got to at least admit I was wrong. Yes, Confess your sins and he's faithful and just to forgive you, not deny them. I wish you sit next to, ooh, I don't like how this little atmosphere shifted. Let me fix this. Touch your neighbor and say, tell the truth. You won't even admit that you was looking. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You won't even admit the truth. And God is like, I ain't trying to throw you down. I just want you to stop trying to play me. I'm not trying to beat you up. I just want you to be honest with me. Tell the truth about what you did so I can forgive you. But you can't be righteous if you're lying. Can we just have five seconds and just ask the Lord for, for, to forgive us? Why? For not telling the truth about something he already knew. Father, forgive us. Come on. I need you. Come on, everybody. Everybody on every digital campus, please. Father, forgive us. Watch. Watch. Here's the next part. Here's the next part. If I'm not honest, I confess my sins. So he's faithful and just to forgive me. Then what does that mean? Boom. 
breastplate's on. Righteousness. If I'm not honest, he can't give me the breastplate. This means all my vital organs are exposed, which means one blow, you're probably out of here from internal bleeding. You'll bleed from the inside out because your guilt killed you. You'll bleed from the inside out because your shame killed you. Some of y'all, what you did ain't even a problem. You still shamed about it. And I rebuke shame. I rebuke guilt. I rebuke condemnation in this atmosphere right now. If you've been struggling with that, I need you to say no more. Watch. Here's the next part. I got to finish. And your shoes for having, uh, and shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace to take the good news where you go. Now, look at me. You got your good Nikes on. All right. Got your running shoes. All right. Oh, you got, you got a full black tube sock on. All right. Come over here, Unc. All right. Where's, get him some ankle socks. None of this Colorado stuff. I'm having fun, y'all. Listen, if you're offended, right over there. Right over there. We have, touch your name and say, have fun in church. Have fun. And he knows I'm just joking. He knows I'm just joking. Have fun. It's amazing. Anyway, move on. You got your good running shoes on. That's a good running shoe. Say, my feet are ready. Say, 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 with the gospel. In other words, everywhere I go, I need to take good news. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. God says, your armor is not on if when you show up, bad news shows up. Not only do I need to take good news, when people see me, they need to see good news. You ever seen somebody come in and said, here it is, somebody go. Fifth Sunday, Jesus. You, you, you ever had that happen? Where you see somebody come like, oh, here, let's hear it. There's a song called When Sly Calls. Just cue it up. We can't play it on the stream, but just cue it up. And we'll play it in between. Song says, it's by this uh, jazz artist years ago. It says, when Sly calls, and, and it goes through all these different things. It says, when Sly calls, it's, it's tit for tat. When tat, Sly calls, it's rat eat rat. It says, when Sly calls, the prophet speaks. And basically, when Sly calls, the, you know, the sky fell. You know, he just, every time he called, man, I got some bad news. Watch this. In winning season, those people have to go. Let's go. In winning season, you need to check their feet. Would you touch your neighbor and say, check their shoes? If they don't have good news, uh-uh. And if when you see them, you don't think of good news, uh-uh. There's certain people that watch this. When the phone rings, you need to figure out what they're doing in the first five seconds. What is it? Why you answer like that, dog? Uh-uh, I just need to make sure you got good news when you calling me. Don't call me with no mess. Don't call me with no drama. Don't call me to fix something you could have handled. Let's move on. Can we move? Verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Well, let's flip it around. Come on, V. Say, in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith. Come on, talk to me, y'all. Say in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith. He says, so that you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. Here's the thing about darts. Okay, you ready? 
Now, if I'm throwing something at you, I'm not throwing it at your shield. This is where some people get mad. You mad that the attack wasn't where you were strong. The attack's not supposed to be where you're strong. The attack is supposed to be... Psych your mind. Bowler! That's good. Did y'all catch that? All right. Watch this. Which means a lot of the energy I use is going to be to predict where he coming at me. Rather than putting it here and getting mad that you got hit here. This is what a lot of Christians do. Why didn't he attack that? Because he knew that wouldn't stop you. He attacked you in a vulnerable spot. He attacked you in a place where he knew you wasn't expected him. He attacked you somewhere where you're like, not them. They would never do me like that after how good I've been to them. Stop thinking because you've been nice to a snake, they ain't going to bite. That's what they do. But flaming darts is interesting. Can I finish the text? Flaming darts, it actually has three distinct meanings in Greek. The phrase flaming darts. It was amazing to me when I was looking at this. It has three distinct meanings. It says, here are the flaming darts. Say, what are they, Bishop? The first is the test of anger. Flaming darts here has specific meanings. Anger is dangerous because it's one letter away from danger. When you get angry, you get dangerous because you'll start doing things, watch this, carelessly. You'll start getting ready to rip up stuff, watch this, that you're going to need once you ain't angry no more. You'll start to, watch this, to treat people bad, watch this, that when you're angry, you don't think you need them, but come Monday, you realize you couldn't make it without them. I need you to, watch this, lay your hands on yourself and say, I rebuke your anger. Here's the second test, grief. What's grief? After loss. Anybody that's been dealing with grief in here, you need to know that was a fiery dart. That's what it means. It's a dart. What is grief? After you lose something or your mind perceives you lost. Because sometimes you didn't lose anything. Because there's something called good grief or the paradox of grief. Well, watch this. If you start a new job, you can actually grieve. What are you grieving? Because this thing requires you to study the other thing you could do with the back of your head. So you're grieving comfort. Got it? Sometimes when people get married, they go through grief. He said, well, shouldn't you be happy? They were happy at the ceremony. Now they realize everywhere they go, somebody else want to know. And so right after the first few months of getting married, all of a sudden they're like, I don't know. Because you're grieving. You are grieving independence. And if you were a strong woman that, listen, you cooked, you cleaned, you shot, you did whatever you had to do. And now you got a. And he like, baby, I said, don't do it like that. Well, I don't know, mama, I'm praying because. Y'all ain't got to like it. It's Fifth Sunday. I'm good either way. Hey, digital family. 
Here's the third test. You ready for the fiery darts? Lust. Lust, lust is actually not sin. Some of y'all have been going around, oh, you got lust in your heart. Lust just means strong desire. Lust is not sin. What the sin is is what you're lusting after. Listen, I, listen, I, I lust after white bread. I want it. <laughs> I want it. Listen, it's Keith Sweat, son. Look it up. Lust just means strong desire. Huh? But now if I'm lusting after something that's wrong to want, that's where the sin is. So what's the test? The test here, here's the fiery dart, where he lays something out in front of you. Shut your mouth. He lets it come through your DM. Y'all ain't talking to me. They email you. You ain't saying nothing to me. He'll lay it out in front of you and say, now don't you want that? Yesterday I was having lunch and the and, and lady next to me, she said, oh, this dessert is so good. I said, ma'am, I don't mess with white sugar. I said, now, had you caught me back in 2013? Shoot. <laughs> Let me get that and one to go. You can't tempt me with something I don't want. So what's the fiery dart? The enemy puts something in front of you that you won't. But to get it, you got to get it the wrong way. You got to lie to get it. You got to cheat to get it. You got to steal to get it. You got to disobey God to get it. I wish you were sitting next to somebody real in church that wasn't coming to play with you because you ain't got a heaven or hell to put them in and you ain't got a breakthrough for them. I wish you watch this right now. If you're determined to beat the test of anger, grief, and kill, release your praise. Go. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. 17. Put the helmet of salvation on. Hold on. That ain't going to work. You're going to mess up my white towel in there. That's my papal tap. Uh, that's my papal cap. His holiness. <laughs> All right, watch. Does it fit, really? Wow. All right. All right. Okay, listen. This is working. Ain't God good? Listen. Touch your neighbor and say, won't he do it? Why do I need the helmet of salvation? Can I tell you why? A helmet protects your mind. Your mind, we've also learned, is your heart in Scripture, right? Old Testament word, lab, New Testament word, cardia. All mean mind. Here's what's significant. I got to remind myself. Notice what it's called, the helmet of what? I got to remind myself I'm saved. So when you start doing something, I remind myself to stay saved. Ken Jones had a song years ago that said, I'm going to stay saved. Here's what he was saying. He said, listen, I'm not going to start acting different than who and what I am. But I got to remind myself I'm saved. When I feel like I'm alone, I got to remind myself I'm. When I feel like I'm not going to win, I got to remind myself I'm. When I think God's forsaken me, I got to remind myself he wouldn't forsake me now to have died for me 2,000 years ago. So the same God that loved me 2,000 years ago and died me is the same God that loves me today, which means I got to remind myself I got to stay saved. Here's the next piece. Touch your name say, remind yourself. 
you're saved. And the sword of the spirit. I'll take it out for you. Actually, you do it. There we go. Thank you. It's good. Any problems, 915? All right. This one would check. Say the sword of the spirit. And then what's what the text says, which is the what? Word of God. Now he's suited and booted, ready to go. He got his good running shoes on. Somebody says, good news. <laughs> he got his shield of faith, best place of righteousness, best prayer of righteousness, his helmet of salvation, and he's got the word. All of the other weapons are defensive. There's no armor for the back because you shouldn't be running from nothing. Touch your neighbor and say, I rebuke you running from stuff. All of the other, this is to protect, this is to protect, this is to protect. This here though. This here? This is to fight. Which means, watch this. We don't fight with natural weapons. You can put down your dukaroos and pick up the word. Which means when you get a bad doctor's report, you fight with the when your kids are acting like Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and Jason, you put the word off of When your spouse ain't doing right, stop arguing. Get the You ain't getting it. When your money is funny and your change is strange, get the I need somebody in here, watch this, that realizes the only real tool we got to use to be offensive is going to be God's word. Can you just say, Lord, I love your word. And remember, he is his word. So really, my offensive tool is Jesus. Who's fighting for me? Jesus. Who's defending me? Jesus. Who's advancing me? Jesus. And if God be for me, who would dare be? What? Look at verse 18. And he says, why are you doing all that? I need you to pray. He said, first pray in the spirit. That's when I say pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what that's about. I don't have time to get in that. Second, it's prayer. That's what you do for yourself, to ask. Supplication, that's when you pray for other believers. To that end, keeping alert with perseverance. Let me say, I got to persevere. Let's take this out. You ready? I said, you ready? And also for me, that the words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly, but to claim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador. Look at what he says. He says, part of your weapon it's not just what you have on. Not just when your hands, watch me, but what's in your mouth. And he says, pray for one another. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. You know what that means? We'll get into that later. And then, watch this, and pray for yourself. But the part I love, which is what I'm about to ask you to do because I'm out of time, is verse 19. And also, for me. Paul told those that he led, he says, part of your weaponry is to pray for your leader. Be a good church. Come here, come here, come here now. Come here. Come on now. He said, part of what's got to be in your mouth is to pray for the one who you call your leader.
Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.